Thank you, Voices of Mobile. Amen. Give them a hand one more time, wouldn't you? And thank them. <clears throat> Take your Bible, go to the book of Acts, chapter 13. We'll begin reading here in a moment. Read the first three verses in Acts 13. A message entitled this morning, A Spirit Led Church Community. This is a year of community. Uh, here at Olive, and we're drawing the church together, inviting the church together. Good crowd here at uh, 11 o'clock as we begin to continue to build community uh, in this place. Thank you for being here, and we're looking at the church in Antioch. Now, you remember our home church is not Jerusalem. It is Antioch. Antioch is where God started and sent the church to the world. Uh, this is the turnstile passage in the book of Acts. You find the first 12 chapters leading up with uh, the beginning of the church and the formation and all that happens, and then things turn in chapter 13 to a missionary strategy, sending people around the world. And our text this morning in Acts 13, 1 through 3 is that turnstile, is where things change in the book of Acts. Reading in Acts 13, beginning in verse 1, you follow along as I read, because this now is the word of the living God. Now there were at Antioch, in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Then the Spirit said, I want you to have ears to hear what the Spirit says today we are a people that move as the spirit gives direction the church is to have ears to hear what the scripture says and the spirit says never contradicting one another but the spirit brings that relevant up-to-date voice see we are a people of the holy spirit we are born of the Spirit, it's your faith step. You come into this world lost, dead, and trespassing sin, and then when God saves you, He literally raises you from spiritual death to spiritual life. And you're born of the Spirit. It's being born again. You've been born of the flesh, then born of the Spirit. But the Bible says also we are to be filled with the Spirit. After you're saved, that you're born of the Spirit, you're to walk filled with the Spirit. This is the moment that we understand surrender day by day by day and saying dead to the flesh and alive to the Spirit of the living God. But not only are we born of the Spirit, not only are we to walk filled with the Spirit, but the Bible says we are to walk in the Spirit. These are the steps of obedience that God gives to you. And he says, this way, no, not that way, this way, yes, that way, no, don't go that, this is the way, walk in it. You'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, and then you take a step and walk 
in it. The problem in the church most often is that the people that gather are often deaf to the Spirit of God. We hear what everybody else says. What we need to hear is what the Holy Ghost says. And in this passage, the Holy Spirit said, Barnabas, Saul, set them apart and send them from this place. Well, it's that I want us to think about for a few moments together this morning, give an invitation, invite you to come. Several came in the early service uh, today, and I'm going to invite you to come, say yes to Christ, yes to join the church, yes to baptism, yes to surrender. Some of you, yes to the call of God in your life for service. A spirit-led church community. Let's look at it. There's first of all what I call the makeup of the Spirit-led church. Now, that's not makeup on your face. I'm talking about what and who makes up the church, okay? The makeup. Look in verse 1. He says that in that church, there were prophets and teachers. Then he names five of them. Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manian, and Saul. They're not all the church members. They're not even all the leaders. They're not even all uh, of the teachers or the preachers or prophets. But here are five that he elevates, and I believe he elevates uh, for a reason uh, because he gives us insight into the makeup of the church. Barnabas, we, we know Barnabas and we know Saul, but the other three we know very little about. First of all, Barnabas, we know him according to Acts eleven twenty four. He was a good man full of the Holy Ghost and full of faith. We know Barnabas was Mr. Encouragement. We, we know that Barnabas was the one who went and found Saul and brought him to Antioch. And it was there that they taught for a year together. And they were first called Christians in this place. And uh, he brought that murderous, lying man that God had saved and encouraged and brought him here. Did the same for John Mark after Mark had uh, stepped away. And he, he's such an encourage. We all love encouragers. Amen. We need them in the church. So Barnabas was there. Then Simeon. Simeon, his nickname is Niger. That word meaning of a swarthy skin. We Most people believe when they translate that that this was a black gentleman, that he was an Ethiopian. Uh, when we go to Mark's gospel, 1521, we find that there was a man by the name of Simeon who had two sons that are named in Mark and that Jesus was walking toward Calvary and he fell and they said, you, Simeon, come. And he took the cross. Some believe this is the same man who, who carried the beam of the cross for Christ. We can't prove that. We don't know for certain. But we do believe, 99% sure, this man is of an Ethiopian background. And so we, we bring uh, the ethnicity uh, to this. Grateful to God for uh, the uh, group singing this morning. They, they did a song, really took me back. When, when they were singing that song, leave it there. Take your burden. You got a burden? Take it to the Lord. Leave it there. We sing that out of the old red hymnal upon the mountain. Matter of fact, I cheated. I took my phone and I looked it up. I did what you're not supposed to do in church. I just quickly check, leave it there. Do you know a black gentleman wrote that song in 1927? 
I wrote his name down right, right here. Charles Tinley wrote that song, 1927. If my folks on the mountain knew a black man wrote that song, we'd have put it in the book and left it there. <laughs> But here is the diversity of the church. Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius. Lucius of Cyrene is all we know. Cyrene is the chief city of North Africa. Is he the same? Is he the same Lucius of Romans 16:21, where Paul in his lists uh, of those that helped him listed a kinsman by the name of Lucius? We don't know. Maybe he was, but, but God took him from North Africa, brought him to Antioch, and put him in the church. Fourthly is Mannion. Look, look what the Bible says. We know this about Mannion. He was brought up with Herod the Tetra. Most people translate that the foster brother of Herod. What? Herod? The murderer? Herod was the murderer. Mannion was a miracle. God reached right into the political family and pulled him out, saved him, and made him a part of the church at Antioch. You know anybody that God needs to pull out of the political system and save? Well, we write them on this wall, but the wall wouldn't be big enough. All right, amen. Hey, God reached into the politics of the world and, and drew him out. And here Mannion became one of the prophets and teachers. And then, of course, Saul. Saul is Jewish name. Paul is Gentile name. We know him. That great, great prophet of God. None of these men were apostles. None of the five in Antioch where the church took off were apostles. You don't have to be elected to a position to be used of God. You just be a man or woman who hears God, and I'm here, the Spirit of God will give you direction of where to go and what to do. And He will speak into your soul. We see here five gifted and godly men from diverse backgrounds, and the Holy Spirit blends them together as servant leaders at Antioch, and that's what the church is supposed to look like. Uh, men and women from here and here and here and here and there and up and down, and he draws us all together and he makes us one in the gospel to the glory of God and not for your glory or my glory. It is for his glory that he gathers this people together and he makes a church out of this group. That's the makeup, the diversity of bringing this and that and over here and, it, and all together and we become the church of the living God. Olive, listen to me. Anyone is welcome here who names the name of Christ and bows the knee. Amen. We come together to be one, not for our own glory, but unto his. The makeup. Uh, of the Spirit-led church. But secondly, I want you to quickly notice with me what I call the ministry, the ministry of the Spirit-led church. Notice what he said in verse 2. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Ministering to the Lord. I thought ministry was done man to man. There are two kinds of ministry. There is what I call a horizontal ministry. 
That is man to man, heart to heart, person to person. And we do a great job of that around here to be. Uh, we just do. It's what we do with the ministry village. It's what we do out here with the Health and Hope Clinic on our campus. It's why you bring food on the fifth Sunday. Uh, we do ministry to the down and out, the up and out, in between. I walked into a place yesterday. I, I walked around the corner. And, and just as I walked into this place of business, I heard these words from a young lady speaking to another. She said, if you come to Olive in Robert Lloyd's class, that, and I thought, well, she's doing a good job. And I just walked around. And as I walked around, I just touched her on the shoulder, and I said, what she's telling you is true. And I just kept walking. <laughs> well, I don't know why they finished, and that girl came, oh, Pastor, it's good to see you today. And I said, man, you're doing a great job with that. And she told me how long she'd been clean and sober. That's coming out of the most excellent way here. And she said, I, I, God's changed my life. Amen. That's a ministry that, that we do. And, and But there's also vertical ministry that's when you minister unto the lord and that's what he's speaking of here he ministered to the lord we get our word out of this text for liturgy it, it, it is the worship uh, of the king uh, that we lift praise that they were ministering to the lord and they were fasting and you find a little bit later and they were praying So what we must learn to do in the ministry of the Spirit-led church is not only to do the horizontal, we got to never forget the vertical. But if we're not careful, we'll stay here and not spend enough time here. So with that this week, I've been praying, and I've heard the Lord speaking to me and say, call the church to 10 days of prayer and fasting. I want you to mark your calendar beginning April 6th. It's a Wednesday. April 6th until Easter. I invite you to come any day you want to. I'll be out here in the Corners building. We'll be praying and fasting. And so you, you come. You say, well, I can't get here. Well, do it at your business. Do it at home. Do it wherever you want to. I, I'm just telling you, that's going to be uh, the anchor point. And then from anywhere else in the city and in the region, we will pray and we will fast for those 10 days leading us up to our Good Friday night service of taking the Lord's Supper and for a glorious Easter weekend. We need to learn to pray and fast. You say, Pastor, I don't know how. Well, try it. You'll get it right. And when they were ministering to the Lord, fasting and praying, they heard the Spirit say, we must, listen to me, church, we must once again hear the voice of God, never contradicting Scripture, but always fresh and relevant. The Spirit of God will say to you, go this way, not that way, do this, take that job, don't go over there, marry that person, don't even look at that person. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God will speak into your soul. And you will hear him. As Isaiah said, a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. We must hear the voice of God. Say, how do I know which church to join? God tells you. How do I know which job to take? You ask God and let the Spirit of God speak into your soul. You'll confirm that with counselors and scripture and a thousand other ways, but you need the confirmation of the peace of God that rules your heart. Let the peace of God rule. The word literally is umpire. Your heart safe or out, fair or foul. 
the Spirit of God will say a fresh and relevant word unto you. I began to think back in preparation of this of, of great days when I heard the voice of God speak to my soul. Hmm. Ten years old, got saved. The Spirit of God spoke to me. I was 17. God called me to preach. I heard the voice of God. Somebody said, was it out loud? I said, oh goodness, no, it was a lot louder than that. You're booming in your spirit. Marriage. We were at the First Baptist Church down in uh, the Ocala area. And I'd been talking to my wife. And remember, I've told you this before. I asked her, I said, if I ask you that question, do you know what you'd say? I hate to lose. I want to know the answer before I ask. Amen. And she said, no, I really don't. I said, well, I'm not asking that question. I guarantee you. <laughs> so I'm down there preaching. She said to me, I was sitting on the platform. I was doing an ordination for a good friend. We were college students at Sanford, and I'm sitting on the platform. My wife said, while you sat there, I'd been deathly ill that weekend, but I was just limping to the pulpit. And she said, it was like there was a light behind you. And the Spirit of God spoke to my heart. And after the whole service was over, I walked down. We were, I was just limping. She walked right square up to me. She looked at me right in the eye, Colin. She said to me, when you're ready to ask, the answer is yes. Now, this is an ordination service. I didn't come here to get married. We ordaining this guy. God spoke, just listen to me. Friend, when a preacher gets in this business, your wife better be in it with you. She better be called of God just like you're called of God. And Liz told me over and over, she said, I wasn't, she said, I, I was okay to get married. She said, well, I'm going to dare mess up your ministry by getting in something that one day I might think about getting out. See, friend, when you minister unto the Lord, you pray and fast, the Spirit of God will speak to you. And you will hear Him fresh and relevant. Always in submission will His voice be described. I had a lady one time in my church in Henrietta, Texas, came to me and she said to me, she said, I've been praying and God told me to divorce my husband. I said, I don't know what you've been listening to, what you've been eating, but God didn't tell you that. I said, there's written verbiage. He's not going to tell you that. Scripture will line up with that, but I'm telling you, the Spirit of God will speak. Will speak. We had some people in the church, they said, deaf. Couldn't hear God in a 40-acre field. God help us. There's the ministry of the Spirit-led church. And then thirdly, there's quickly, what I call the mandate of the Spirit-led church. The Bible says, and when they had fasted and prayed, in verse number 3, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. They released and sent. You see, the releasing and the sending of the God call to the ends of the earth is the mandate of the church. Our job is not to keep everyone here. We are to send many out there. Most will stay. And build the base. 
But we must always be releasing and sending people to the ends of the earth with the gospel. It's the mandate of the church. We must worship and work, and worship and work always are intimately associated with each other. They are intricately put together. They are tied. Worship and work. But friend, when you work without worship, it's a disaster. You just try to do it without worship, it's a disaster. But let me tell you, when you try to worship and never work, it's just ritual. That's just coming to church, hanging out for 60 or 70 minutes and going home. It's just a box you check. It's ritualism. You, you must put these things together, worship and work. Some stay here at Olive and worship and work. Others, we release them, and they go to the nations. Have ears to hear the Spirit of God trumpet His divine call to you and answer with this, Yes, Lord, here I am. I am available unto you. Send me where you would have me go. For some of you, it's to the ends of the earth. To some of you, it's the end of the road. Some are called to stay. Some are called to go. Taking the gospel. And here they released Paul and Silas, and when you get over to verse number 5, the Bible says, when they reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. And that's where they also had John Mark as their helper. What God's released us to do is preach the gospel, share the gospel, give the gospel. Amen, it's our job. It's our message. Whether God calls you to stay or calls you to go, there's some preachers in this room today. God's called you to preach the gospel and go. Uh, there's some others. God's called to varied kinds of ministry roles. You need to answer that and say, here am I, Lord, send me. But you've got to have ears to hear, not ears on the side of your head, the ears of your heart, where the Spirit of God says, now, this way, go. He'll speak. Yes, he will. But are you listening? Are you listening? And the Spirit said. Send Saul and Barnabas. What's the Spirit said to you? I heard him speak to me to call us to prayer and fasting. Ten days. Why 10? Well, I was reading, and then I was listening to an old dead preacher this week. And out of that came that 10-day period. It's leading us. Pray and fast. Seek after the Lord. And I'm telling you, when you seek Him, He'll speak to you. I said, I thought back of those days when God spoke to me, Liz, nine. I'll never forget coming here 31 years ago. I struggled. I said, Lord, I'm going to go. To end the Nancy Jane Circle in Rowlett, Texas. The light on a pole over a sewer lid. I was sitting on that sewer lid the night I heard God tell me to come. In my prayer altar at the house, 
in my back closet, somebody gave me a little oval. The carpet looks just like a sewer lid. They had it made. And I'll bend now. I did yesterday. I knelt down on that sewer lid and said, Lord, here am I. Send me. I just went to that place and I heard the Spirit of God say, Go. Go. So, Lord, how long do I go? He said, You go till I tell you something else. Friend, if you will have ears to hear, the Spirit of God will speak to you. So be listening. Bible open, heart open. Minister unto the Lord with prayer and fasting and let God speak into your soul. There was a man in my office this week. He came to me. He said, Pastor, you remember that time when you asked us all to, as we were building one of these buildings, you asked everybody in the church to pray about giving your October income to the building program. I said, yeah, I remember that. I said, that's nuts, wasn't it? He said, I thought it was. He said, but I did it. He said, it wasn't easy. But he said, then God just miraculously met my need. And we went forward. Somebody's in this room today and God's calling you to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We were singing the doxology at the end of the first service. Almost missed it. It was a little boy. He came, he knelt down over here and the pastor started closing the service and he and his daddy took off and I looked at him. They turned around and came back. Now, coming down here is not what makes you a Christian, but you need to make it public. He came and said yes to Jesus. He said, some of you, like that little boy, need to come. There was a couple here, came from Georgia this morning, came, walked down, took me back and said, Pastor, it's about time. We hear God tell us this is where we need to be. Then come be a part. Amen. Maybe this is your day. Somebody's here with a call to ministry in your soul. And you know, you know. Pastor, how do you, I, I'm telling you, you don't have to guess. God makes that so clear. I mean, it, it's like heaven's megaphone. You're saying, well, maybe I don't know. No, I'm just here to tell you, God will let you know. He's not going to send you into the highways and the byways without a clarion call in your life. Until you hear, sit still, serve, pray, do what God's called you to do right here. But if the Spirit of God's in this room calling you today and the Holy Spirit says, then let's go. Let's be about it. Coming unto Christ. Coming unto his church. Some of you, you hadn't heard God for so long because you got sin in your life, difficulty. You can't hear him. Come today. Get clean before the Lord. Let the Spirit of God speak into your life and be a part of a Spirit-led church community. Let's stand all over this room. We're standing John's away today. We're grateful that the voices have been here. Voices of Mobile, come in. John's still away, but we have capable leadership going to help us today. Caitlin's going to sing, and uh, Victor plays, and she sings. And the Spirit of God's calling you out of that balcony around. Just come to the sides and down and come. Maybe it's a whole family. You come. Or just one somebody you. God's calling you. You step out, and you come today. I'm telling you, friend, it's sweet to trust in Jesus. We're going to sing about that. The Spirit of God's calling you. You come. You come. You come. Father, have your way and speak, Lord Jesus. Amen.